Welcome to Get Schooled, student stories from across Kentucky, brought to you by the Pritchard Committee Student Voice Team. I'm Zoe, and now a senior in Fayette County. We are breaking our now two-month-long hiatus for an after-school episode about school incentives. Think fake money, pride bucks, dress-down days, and all of the different ways schools try to incentivize their students outside of their grades. But before we get into the episode with everything we've been observing over the last couple of weeks, we want to acknowledge that there are few other times where student voice, specifically those of black and brown students, is more important, which is why we are currently researching and producing an episode about the presence of police in schools in the form of school resource officers. With the depth of interviews that we're seeking and research that we're collecting, we weren't able to get that episode done before today, but we wanted to release this episode in the meantime. So with that, let's get into the discussion. Hey, everybody. So um, today we're going to do a little discussion about school incentives and school rewards. Um, and we're just going to have a few questions to go over um, just so we can have a nice discussion about our takeaways from the experiences of having school incentives. Um, so we'll start with some intros so that everybody here and everybody listening um, knows who is talking when they're talking. Um, so I'll start. My name is Emma Faluji. Uh, I'm a rising senior and I'm from Fayette County. I'll go next. I'm Emma Nesmith. I'm a rising junior and I'm from Danville, Kentucky. I'm Nesha Missoni. I'm also a rising senior from Fayette County. Awesome. So um, I guess we'll start uh, just um, by asking in general sort of what each of our experiences have been with school incentives. Um, so what rewards um, have you had? Like what are the most memorable ones from um, high school, middle school, elementary school? And what were you being rewarded for? Something my high school did this past year. Um, we had something called All Hands on Deck Day, which I feel like I should explain our like mascot is the admirals. So everything we do has to be like nautical themed. Um, but we have we had All Hands on Deck Day, which was basically like an entire day of rewards. So you could go play on inflatables in the gym or you could go play card games in the cafeteria. There were some other things, um, but basically the criteria for doing that were like, you couldn't have any behavior referrals. You had to have all A's and B's and you ha couldn't have had more than a certain number of unexcused absences and tardies. On my end, I feel as if like, there's like the um, clip system or the card system from back in elementary school that I feel as if everyone had some version of where like if you misbehaved, you'd turn your card from green to yellow and then yellow to red as like your misbehavior progressed in extremities. And I know at my elementary school, it was actually a combination of incentives. So you had that one going on. And then you also had a system about tickets for every like good behavior. So like if you turned in work, you would get 
number of tickets, if you did activities to help the team around the classroom, or if the teacher just wasn't acting well that day, you would get a certain number of tickets. And then every month or so, the teachers within the fourth grade, this is important, they would set up like little stores outside of their classroom, and you use your tickets as currency to buy like pencils, erasers, and that type of stuff. Yeah, I can relate to both of those experiences. Um, so my elementary school did, um, like Nyasha was saying, both like positive and negative uh, incentive stuff. So like I, from kindergarten through second grade, we did pulling tickets. So it's like the color changing cards. And like you start off on green for the day. And then as it progresses, like you just get like different punishments. So like the most severe one is like you get sent to the principal's office or like a phone call home or something. Um, and then we had positive ones um, where like we called them tokens in third grade, I think, and then care coins in fifth grade. Um, so you would just get a reward. Sometimes it was just for like answering a question right, or sometimes it was just if the teacher noticed you doing or saying something nice. So they were just kind of like random. Um, and then we had like a character coin and token store. So you would just buy like colorful pencils when it was like there was like a whole currency system. So that was fun. Um, and then we also did sort of similar rewards days uh, in middle school where it was just, it was like kind of similar to what Eminence was saying with like just a variety of activities with like teachers, you know, overseeing each activity. And it was mostly for just general good behavior if you like. Um, I think we did, it started with just um, if you didn't have any like marks or referrals or anything. And then I think later on maybe like in eighth grade um we started doing warrior wages because our uh, mascot was the warriors so it was like just i don't know it was I, it was like you had um a certain number of wages per day um and those could get taken away i think if something negative but they wouldn't be like you wouldn't start with zero and then earn them you'd start like in a positive number and then like get less of them so if you had a certain number then you could participate in the reward things. Um, so next we'll just talk about how like the effects of those um, incentives and stuff. Um, so how do you feel like different school incentives motivated you personally as a student? And then how do you feel like they improved or didn't improve like student behavior overall? Um, so I mean personally for me I very rarely feel motivated by the type of incentives the school gets because usually it's like rewarding you for good grades and rewarding you for good attendance and I'm the type of student where like I I the getting a good grade is kind of a reward in and of itself for me um, and like having bad attendance means I'm missing class which really stresses me out so it was kind of just like sometimes an added bonus depending on how fun the reward was and sometimes it just felt a little bit dumb but for the most part it didn't give me personally a lot of drive to do well yeah I get that I think I, I kind of feel like the same way mostly because um once we started doing the like wage system it was like pretty difficult in general to lose wages because I was kind of like I was like generally pretty quiet I feel like in middle school so I didn't really like 
do much. So I never had that many wages removed. And a lot of people I know didn't really, unless um, it was something like super severe happened in class or like some behavioral issue. Usually we didn't have anything taken away. Um, so I feel like most of the time it, it doesn't, it wasn't really like a motivating factor for me, but like you said, it was sort of like, I mean, just like a, a bonus thing. Um, and I'm not sure really if that like improved behavior in general, because I feel like most people like would end up having enough because they would accumulate over like the like nine week period or something. So most people ended up having enough like wages um, to participate in the rewards thing unless they like safe that day or something because of a behavioral thing. So I feel like at my school with the all hands on deck stuff, it didn't really improve behavior at all, but it definitely, I don't know if it like improved motivation for some students to get good grades but the grades and the attendance were like the biggest thing that made people not able to go. So like, I can't speak for everyone, but I know that there were a lot of people who didn't get to go because of grades or attendance. And that could have motivated them to get better grades and come to school more, more than it would motivate them to be better behaved. If that makes sense. Um, when it comes to these incentives, especially if they're positive incentives, What's really important to know is like consistency, and then there's like some sort of criterion for um, that is the same throughout the board or throughout the school rather, because I know with like certain token and ticket systems, there'll be teachers that reward students more than others, and those teachers who reward who don't reward as much as other teachers, I feel as if that that incentive system doesn't work as effectively in their classroom. Because students already have in mind that, oh, this teacher doesn't give, like, the incentive, so why should I act nicely in their class? Or vice versa, where students purposefully act nice or according to what the teacher, be, what the teacher rewards for the incentive. But then once they, like, get it, they just kind of, like, well, I got what I want, so I don't necessarily have to act well. And another thing is like just having an idea of what behavior is rewarded positively because there's certain behaviors that teachers expect certain teachers expect and they're like well if you act like that you're doing the bare minimum whilst other teachers applaud and sometimes it becomes an issue of like oh certain students get more positive than other students doing the same thing so just that consistency and both in how much and what type of behavior is rewarded. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point because I feel like the, um, the sort of school incentives that I've experienced, it's been mostly up to the teachers to like decide, you know, who is rewarded for different things. Um, so like at my high school right now, um, we have like an acronym that's just like a general like, you know, code of honor sort of thing, I guess, um, at our school and it's pride. Um, so we do pride bucks and I, I know there's like, there are some teachers that, um, are known to give out pride bucks like more frequently than others. So it's a little bit like difficult cause like my freshman year, I had basically no teachers who would give out a lot of pride bucks. And then in later years, I had more teachers who would give out pride bucks. So I earned more over time. Um, so the rewards for pride bucks aren't like 
huge, I guess. They weren't like huge reward days. So it would just be, it was like, it's you, your name gets entered in like a raffle to earn prizes potentially. So um, I guess that's almost better because the like unfairness of like teachers who just don't really use like the pride bucks system that much, like that kind of balances out. But I also don't really know how that impacts like student motivation because if the prizes aren't like super exciting to a student, then they might not really care. Um, but I know that sometimes I've just like forgotten to turn in pride bucks for like to have my name submitted because it doesn't really like, it's not really a huge deal to me. Um, and I also think like, I don't know, like Nyasha was talking about with like teacher bias sort of, if a teacher like tends to be biased towards certain students um, or even a teacher who isn't super biased, like if they just sort of like know their students and they're like, if some kid has a bad day, then they're going to be like, it's probably fine, whatever. Um, I feel like that can kind of throw things off. So yeah, I definitely agree with that point. We also do, we do pride tickets where like the teachers give them out and then you get entered into a raffle. Um, and I feel like it's kind of almost like the teachers who teach general classes give them out more, or at least it seems that way to me because my teachers who are like AP and honors teachers don't really give them out. Um, but then it's like, they would bring around new stacks of pride tickets to the teachers every once in a while. And the teachers would be like, Oh gosh, you guys, I haven't given out any of my old ones. And then they just give them to everybody in the class. And I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of it because they're not rewarding any good behavior for a long time. And then they're just re rewarding all types of behavior right at the end so that they can say they gave out their pride books. I completely agree with what you're saying because at my school we face the same problem where um, because when you give out these um, pride bucks, um, you have to, the teacher has to write their names and they have to signature it. So they're able to keep track of how many pride bucks each teacher is giving out. And if you don't, if you're one of those teachers who's given very few, oftentimes you're told or encouraged to give out more. So it becomes a situation where um, like you were saying, teachers will give out more for a certain period of time just because the teachers themselves also don't find as much value in it as the students do. And I also have something in concerning like the kind of bias when it comes to giving out pride bucks. It also makes it so that it loses some of its incentive powers because it comes to, it becomes a point amongst the student body that like this, a certain type of student is more likely to get like the pride bucks. We can say like the nerdy, like the goody two shoes, if you will. And then it becomes kind of like uncool to have pride bucks because it's like, oh, you got that where you're sucking up to, to the teacher. And so it takes away that incentive power from it because kids aren't necessarily looking forward to getting it. And it becomes like, it, it just defeats the whole purpose. Yeah, I get that. I think um, I, I'd like, especially for new teachers, I'm sure there's like a certain pressure to like try to keep up and like look good by giving out more pride bucks or more rewards, whatever they may be. Um, so I guess just like stemming off of that point, um, do you guys have overall thoughts on whether or not bigger, smaller rewards are better for motivating students? One thing, one reward system I've experienced that I feel like was more effective, um, I've had two teachers who used LiveSchool, which is like this website where you put in all your students' 
and then you can give them points for doing things. But both of them had a feature where you could exchange like 50 live school points for like 10 points of extra credit. And that, that, and then you could buy extra hall passes. And those two things I feel like were way more effective than some of the larger scale rewards because those were things kids actually wanted. Um, and it was kind of harder to attain for certain people than like just being given pride tickets because the teachers needed to get rid of them. I also feel as if like a combination of both is necessary. Like the bigger rewards, if they're um, rewards that students actually look forward to, like I know in middle school kids did look forward to the idea of like fun days at the end of the year. Those are really good incentives for like a large group of students and they work really well if there's constant reminders of them. Because I feel as if what happens with a lot of these bigger rewards is they're also rewards that take time and you have to consistently be good. Like, for example, you have to consistently get good grades, but it takes a lot of effort to get them. And sometimes kids forget that they're even possible until there are reminders. So those are good. But then going off to back to what Emma Nesmith says, there has to be value in the rewards. So it can't necessarily be whatever is easiest for the teacher or the school to obtain, but it also has to be what students want to a certain degree or else they don't work. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I mean, it's also important to consider this from the perspective of a student who like maybe ha like has a tendency or a group of students who like tends to in their particular school have more like behavioral issues or like are sort of like not targeted, but you know what I mean? Like end up having more of those things. So um, I almost feel like for, in my experiences, the rewards and incentives were like um, more like intended for those students. So I'm not really sure if like I can speak wholly on the experience or the intentions behind the experience. Um, but I know that sometimes when we would have, we called them warrior weekends, those were like our reward days and they were always on a Friday. So it was like, the idea was like, you have kind of an early weekend. Um, so. I know there was like a group of my friends and I who were like, who just wouldn't, I think you had a choice um, in either sixth or seventh grade, like whether or not they let you go and you would just stay with like your homeroom teacher or something. Um, so I know like a group of my friends and I would just like not go and stay and have like a study hall and then not have homework for the weekend. Um, so for us, it like, I don't know, I don't feel like it was like this huge thing that students felt was meaningful and looked forward to because it was just like, they weren't bad activities or like, like not fun, but they just weren't as like exciting. And if you had like a lot of homework that day, then it might be more appealing to you to just stay and finish your homework and then have like a good weekend separately with your friends. Um, but at this for students who like might be like kind of in more of a situation where it's motivating for them to spend time with their friends and like have that kind of social thing, it's like, to motivate them to not have safe that day and like to be able to go and enjoy like a weekend with their friends before the actual weekend. I think, I, I guess it kind of depends, but I, I do agree with um, Emma Nesmith that there are definitely some rewards that are like just generally appeal to students more like extra hall passes sounds great for a lot of people that I know. <laughs> it's just like a helpful thing um, for classes that limit hall pass use. So I know another thing about the bigger rewards was like for our all hands on deck day, a lot of people feel like it's just kind of a waste of a school day 
especially because if you're not super excited about the rewards that are happening, you'd rather just be at home. Um, and I know a lot of people I know actually would check out for those days um, because they didn't totally enjoy the, the options of activities and it wasn't like they were missing content. And then people who, who didn't check out and stayed and did the activities, some of us felt like almost like we'd rather be in class because there were like if we had a test coming up and we felt like we would really value the studying time and the review time more than sitting in the gym. And I also know it's not taken super seriously because like throughout the weeks leading up to all hands on deck, people would jokingly to their friends be like, oh, you better watch out. You're not going to get all hands on deck if they were like dropping to a C or if they were doing something that would eliminate them from the reward. And everyone was like, I don't care. It's dumb. I don't want to go. Um, and so I feel like, I mean, it's hard because you think like, oh, a whole free day where kids can just play in the gym and do whatever. But in the way that's executed, often it just turns into, I'd rather be at home watching TV in my bed. Or I'd rather be cramming for this test that I have tomorrow. I 100% get what you mean. And I feel as if it kind of goes back to what um, Emma Farigi was saying. In the in that, like, what value is there? Because I'm like, for, certain, for like some students, maybe that's like, oh, yeah, it's fun. I get to see my friends. But I feel as if it's really hard with big incentives to find something that the whole student body will look forward to. Just because the whole student body is very diverse in personalities and such. Because I know like in middle school, um, like when it comes to like certain dances, if you will, like towards when after K-Prep, there'd be time where if you have good grades, you could go to a cafeteria and dance around. Like there would be kids who are really into it because they like the music and they like socializing with kids they didn't get to see because they don't have any classes. But then there are kids who are begging their teachers to be like, can we please stay in your classroom? Like that's not the environment we want to be in. So I feel as if it's really hard to find big incentives that can appeal to the whole student body and also be plausible within like like reason because you can't have kids running around doing whatever they want in the school building so it, it's just big incentives are very very difficult something from my um middle school days if i if you will that i remember was on Fridays because I went to a middle school that had a, a not a strict dress code but like a dress code in which you could tell if someone was out of dress code by how they dressed and on Fridays if you had been good you would get to dress however you wanted to and I felt as if that was an incentive that was well however you wanted to within like basic guidelines of not offending other people and I thought as if that was a good incentive because it was regularly enforced it was every Friday and it also was open-ended enough that each student could look forward to it because they got to choose essentially what their reward was because you got to choose what you wore so finding things that are like that I feel 
would be is like the ideal place to be when it comes to incentives. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And we did something very similar um, at my middle school. I can't remember if it was every Friday or just most Fridays, but yeah, I remember that for sure. And it was a good time. Um, I think that like, that for me, the biggest, um, the thing, like sort of going back to what Nyasha was saying um, about bigger incentives, like the reward days and stuff, is that it's kind of risky um, because I think for a lot of schools, it's like, they don't want to put in all the effort to make it super fun if no kids are going to be there. So I think a lot of like my friends and I, and just like my peers um, felt like it wasn't that hard to do it because they started with enough wages. And if they were like generally good for the day, then most teachers wouldn't care enough to go into the system and take away their wages. Um, so they typically had enough by the end of the nine weeks to go to the reward day or enough by, you know, Friday to buy themselves a dress down day with the wages. Um, so it wasn't super hard. And I think that sort of not necessarily decreases its value because if kids still found it fun, they would still go, but it would like, it, it just made it seem like not that big of a deal because like most people, some people expected that they probably would. Like for me, I was kind of quieter. So like, I just didn't, like, I felt like it, it wouldn't be that difficult for me to buy a couple of dress down days if I wanted to, or to go to the reward day with my friends if I wanted to. Um, and I think that makes sense because schools probably don't want to make it super fun if like no one's going to be there. Um, and especially because at my school, it wasn't grades based. It was just generally behavior based. So it was pretty open ended. And I think that made it kind of like weird. But at the same time, it can also get weird with smaller rewards because like not a lot of people want to put their pride bucks in the raffle if the reward is like some Oreos because like it's just which like it has been before and it's exciting to win, but it's like not a, as huge of a deal as extra hall passes or a dress down day because it just means less to the students personally. One reward, bigger reward I had in middle school that I felt like was pretty effective when it was actually followed through on was there would be various competitions like to raise money for different things or to see which homeroom could get the most of whatever behavior point system thing and the reward would be a pizza party um and so that was sounded great to all of us because it was basically like at the end of the day you get to go eat pizza with your friends instead of being in class um but the issue was my school system like the whole school system qualifies for free and reduced lunch which means you can't have a pizza party before lunch because you're not allowed to feed the kids before lunch. Um, and so they had to do it at the end of the day and they also had to order all the pizzas. And so a lot of the time what happened was like at the beginning of the year, we'd win whatever competition and they'd be like, you get a pizza party. And then four months later, there would be no pizza in sight and there would be another competition and we'd win and they'd be like, you get a pizza party. And it's like, okay, now you owe us two pizza parties. And when are you going to give us these pizza parties? And so usually we'd end up having one pizza party, which was really just like eating pizza in the cafeteria. But again, we liked it better than being in class. So it was more or less effective when the school remembered to follow through on it. I think maybe, um, and this will sort of tie into the last point a little bit of like our general takeaways and like the positives and negatives of incentives. Um, I feel like a potential solution, um, and we can like kind of 
talk about this like amongst ourselves too, but um, is to maybe like survey students about what they would be interested in um, for like a reward or like a prize or something. Um, like, cause as Nyasha was saying, the student body is very diverse. Um, and I mean, like I was saying before, I kind of want to like check my own privilege here because I'm sure there are students who it was difficult for them to earn, um, those rewards days, especially if they felt like there was teacher bias or if, you know, they just like had a tendency to earn less wages or to need to use them more frequently, like for dress down days and things like that. Um, so because that there's like some students who it tended to not be that big of a deal. And there were some students who it was a really good motivator because they wanted that social time instead of sitting in safe, not being able to use their phone and doing nothing. Um, it might be a good idea to ask students how they would feel like if they valued dress down days more or if they wanted like, you know, to have like a karaoke room <laughs> for our rewards days, which we did sometimes just by pulling up like karaoke on YouTube and like some teacher brought a mic. Like if those were fun, like sometimes they were fun and sometimes no one showed up. So it like depended on who was there and who was, you know, interested in going to that particular rewards day. Um, so I guess like getting student opinion um, and taking into consideration that different students will have different opinions and have a different like sense of value for the reward day um, would be a good direction to go for that. I completely agree with you. And another thing that I feel as if is important too is to consider like not, I wouldn't say the purpose of rewards, but I feel as if that doesn't get across what I'm trying to say, that a lot of the times these incentive systems have a specific target as far as like a specific group in the student body in which they're trying to encourage positive behavior in. And I feel that, yes, that is necessary because that is the reason there is a need for an incentive system. But I feel as if with certain incentive systems, it's very obvious the type of students that they're targeting as seen in the reward system, which is very, it's not the best for the student body interactions, like intermingling within them. And then also, again, like you were saying, it doesn't address other people within the student body who may not fit into the criterion as the first. And I feel as if just reconsidering that whole thing as a whole, both from the student end and also from the teacher end, because the teachers are aware of the type of students in which these reward incentive systems are used specifically for, and it impacts how they give out these incentives. So just trying to, it's like, it's not, it's not something that can easily be done, but just trying to find a way in which these incentive systems help everyone and don't necessarily seem to be targeting one group, which can be achieved, like you were saying, by surveying the students to see what they want. I think um, both Emma Fuji and Nyasha hit on something really important, which is that like adults don't necessarily know what the kids want. And sometimes the administrator's idea of what the kids would think is fun is something the students would rather be in class than doing nothing. Um, which is why I think it's really hard for schools to have good positive incentives because on the one hand, you don't want to just punish kids with the negative incentives. Like you don't want the only reason for them to be getting good grades is like, if you get a D, we'll 
phone call home, or if you get a behavior referral, you'll have a, I mean, have a behavior referral, but I think it's also tricky because as soon as administrators and teachers start using these positive incentives, it runs the risk of feeling like childish and cheesy and not like something students are interested in at all. Sure. And there were definitely activities um, at like our rewards days in middle school that kids valued more. Like sometimes karaoke was fun for like the first couple times they did it. And then people eventually got bored because it was like, you know, it was like the same few people who were participating or it was like kind of the same thing was happening. The same teachers were there. Um, and I think one that was from my perception, like pretty highly valued was extra outside time because we were in middle school and had just left uh, elementary school where we had hour long recess, which is like a really nice mental break. Um, so once you sort of get to like, you know, you're in middle school or high school and you get like a little bit more stressed from being just like cooped up inside all the time. Um, it like, it was kind of nice to be able to go outside and just like talk to your friends and kind of like take a break for a little bit. Um, but I mean, there were some things like that people didn't really care about. Like, I don't know. I know that like the buying colorful pencils from the token store that we did in elementary school probably wouldn't really have, I don't know how much value it had then. I don't really recall, but I feel like it definitely wouldn't have that much value like with older students because there's just like, there are specific things that students want from their school. So, so I guess if nobody has um, any other like specific um, ideas for that point, are there any like takeaways um, sort of that you have about like the frequency of rewards or what kinds of rewards or if you have ideas for how schools can improve awards, like should they do them more frequently? Should kids be able to go outside more frequently or should they be limited and like how that motivates students and stuff. Takeaway for me is like going back to a point Emma Smith has said early on in the conversation about like following through. I feel as if that's very important. And when it comes to incentives, whether big or small, students need to feel as if their behavior will lead to a reward. So if it's in a situation where you act well and then you get rewarded only sometimes, it the incentive loses its value so i feel as if a big takeaway is like a continual reinforcement of these incentives is necessary and then like we have discussed like there needs to be value within these incentives and i feel as if that will really help in making the incentives more effective in um, encouraging good behavior and I also feel as if there needs to be a kind of a mental reset in the idea of why incentives are put in place not necessarily to correct bad behavior but more so to encourage good behavior because when it feels as if you're being changed I know especially when it comes to older students some people don't like that and it doesn't necessarily sound right to be like oh we're giving this to you so that you change your behavior in comparison to being like oh we're giving this to you to reward your good behavior which will naturally lead to higher frequency of that good behavior it needs to be something that is consistently followed through with value i think personally i'd say to like if i was talking to my principal and he was saying 
Emma, how do you think we can improve these rewards? Because no one seems to take them seriously. I'd be like, well, thank you for asking, first of all. But I really think you should just ask the students because it's pretty simple. And I know at least in my school, we're always getting like school-wide surveys in an advisory that we have to take. Um, and so it wouldn't be that hard for them to send out a survey that's like, please select all the rewards that you would be interested in. And so then they can get a better understanding of what the students actually like and what actually motivates them. And I feel like it, it's kind of being made more complicated than it needs to um, because if administrators and teachers would just ask the students what they want, it would be much easier for them to deliver effective rewards. And I think um, also if like, like Nyasha was saying, and as uh, Emma was saying earlier, like if students feel like their school tends to follow through with rewards and things like that, then they'll probably feel more motivated to take that survey that asks about types of rewards because they'll be like, oh, this is a cool reward and the school will probably do it. Um, and in my experience, typically things have been like, rewards have been not rigid, but like typically there's like enough follow through. Um, I mean, there might've been a few instances where students were kind of like bummed about something not being exactly as it was like hyped up to be. Um, but I think just like keeping that consistent um, is helpful. Um, and then like my overall thing is just like, it, it's, I feel like we all kind of expected that this discussion would lead back to student voice, like surprise, surprise, but it's important because like there are rewards that I feel like would feel more valuable, even like just taking into consideration like the voices of students who like it might be more important for, it might be more motivating for, and then students who maybe it doesn't matter so much and like how to kind of either even that playing field or just like acknowledge that that is a thing. Um, yeah, those are sort of my biggest takeaways. I don't think that rewards are necessarily like a wholly negative thing and I don't think that teachers are always biased, but I think that like concentrating on what students want and making teachers feel like it's a good thing to reward their students and like it's worth it and it's not just like a pile of pride bucks sitting in their drawer that they don't really care enough to give out um, or that they care too much to give out or something. Um, I think that that can definitely improve incentives in our schools. I'm gonna hop on and say one more thing, I'm sorry. But you just reminded me of it that like, yes, yeah, student voice is very important, but another factor that we haven't talked a lot about is like teachers, because they're the ones who are giving out the incentives, right? So teachers need to feel as if the rewards the students are getting are also good for them as well. Cause I know like some teachers at my school, they don't like the rewards because it takes away from teaching time. So if the reward is to go outside and the teachers are like, we have an AP test coming up, there's already limited time, you know, me giving you a reward right now is going to end up being painful for you and me in the long run. So it, this is what needs to happen is open communication amongst all three main parties, the students, the teachers, and the administrators to understand what is a system that would work well for all three parties and I feel as if that's what's not happening right now like administrators are kind of assuming what teachers and students want and the whole thing is going in all different directions. Yeah definitely I'm glad you added that because I think um, if teachers feel like or if administrators or students feel like there's a week where like 
you know, there not much is happening in general because um, like at my high school, for example, during finals week, we do like every other class period is a final and then the other class period is like sort of free time. Usually students use it to study for their finals or, you know, whatever. Um, if like at the end of that week or something, they would do a reward then when teachers are already sort of done or when they feel like there isn't such a rush or after AP exams or, you know, uh, end of course exams and things like that, like where teachers kind of feel like there's not so much of like a time crunch because sometimes rewards are kind of, you know, crunched into the schedule a little bit and teachers do get overwhelmed. Um, I think stuff like that would would definitely be good. But yeah, it, it definitely bounces back to communication. Thank you for listening to Get Schooled. Please subscribe, share the episode, and leave a review. Also, be sure to follow the Student Voice Team on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at PC Stu Voice Team. Also, be sure to check out our blog, studentvoiceforum.org. Please stay tuned for our episode on police presence in schools and the importance of diversity in both our teachers and SPDMs. If you're interested in being involved in either of these episodes, whether that be through an interview or just being on our roundtable discussions, or you know someone who would be great to talk to, please email getschooledpod at gmail.com. That's getschooledpod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay well.